0: all right? My name's Paul. I've got autism and I make random videos based on my version of autism and the way my head works. And I stick the videos on the Internet just in case you want to watch them. Um, and a word of warning um, to those who don't know who I am, <laughs> which is practically everybody else in the world. Um, this is going to be a follow on video. It's the final, fingers crossed, final video for the butterfly effect uh, videos that I've done which ultimately detailed everything from a failed workplace autism needs assessment to going off with stress, battles with doctors, going back to work and ultimately leading to this time where I uh, left my employer because I felt myself going back down the same path again with stress and anxiety. And uh, this is basically the, the final video. Fingers crossed. (laughs) <laughs> I know I keep saying that, but, you know, hopefully it's the last ever video of it um, because it needed a conclusion. You know, that was the whole point of starting this, uh, this you know, bunch of videos. It, it was for there needed to be an outcome. Something needed to have happened. And I needed reasonable adjustments. I, you know, that was it. I was going to be left with two choices. One of them was my employer gives me my reasonable adjustments. And the other one was my employer doesn't give them me and ultimately I either get too stressed and a break again or a leave before that happens. And it was the second option. So I just want to do a, a little look back at the reasonable adjustments I needed and see if they were reasonable or not. And I also want to tell you about the interview I had for the job that I've been offered because I did approach this interview very, very very differently than I've ever approached anything um, when it comes to me and autism. Um, And I want to explain why. So let's look back. Was I unreasonable for what I wanted in my reasonable adjustments? No, is the answer. And obviously you can be the judge as well. I'll tell you the truth. So obviously the Equality Act 2010 is meant to protect people like me um, from poor um, you know, the the way we're treated in a workplace. If if we're not considered, it's meant to, that is meant to be the consideration. And it's legislation, it's an act, it's the law. People have to do that. They cannot discriminate because I am different. They just cannot. But after that, it gets a bit washy. So there is no requirement for an employer to deliver. There's no mandatory requirement for an um, for an organization to give you a workplace autism needs assessment. You know, good companies will offer it, um, but it can make the difference of whether it's tokenistic or not. Um, it will depend on how much they care about it. And as you know from my videos of where I talk about it, mine was more for people who are, low skill and high need, whereas I see myself as the other way around. But the low need I have when I need it, it is enormous. So just because the word low is there, it doesn't mean the impact and the volume of stress and anxiety it creates is low. Absolutely not. Which is why I also don't agree with the, you know, the new way of assessing autism on its uh, severity levels because it doesn't, it, it, it reads very inaccurate. But I'm allowed that, it's my opinion. You know it doesn't doesn't work for me which is what I'm saying but my reasonable adjustments legislation sets them in place I have that needs assessment and it came back and it was pointless because I went into that assessment with a, a detailed list of what bothers me why it bothers me and I did the consideration of what the reasonable adjustments could be, and I also shown how it had zero impact on anybody I worked with and the entire company. Because they were things that would have benefited me and a lot of the things I asked for were more things that were not a part of my job anyway. But there was a chance of something happening down the line which could have put me in the spotlight for a potential consideration. And I just wanted to make sure in black and white I had it confirmed that I, if, if that day ever came, I could go, nope, I've got this document. You're going to have to bypass me on this one, I'm afraid. That was what it was for. So it wasn't even, you know, reasonable adjustments in a way. It was just wanting my, I just wanted to be my job description. I wanted to stay within the lines and make sure the lines stayed in place. Um because what can happen is when you know the butterfly effect the butterfly flaps its wings on you know one side and there's a tornado born on the other from it you know if i don't get what i want the calm becomes the chaos for me me everything can be absolutely you know placid around me but me internally i'm a raging inferno i am an out of control tornado i am a tsunami i am everything you want inside because you don't see what the problem is, but I feel the problem. And that's why things needed to be put in place. You know, and like I say, the things what I asked for was so simple. I wanted to not work in London and not travel to London for meetings or anything like that. Because I personally have had bad experiences in London. Very bad experience. I've nearly been stabbed, um, attempted to be pit in London. I can't figure the tube out. It's too noisy, too compact, too many people, I can't do that. It sets everything off for me. So I can't use the underground. So what's the point? If You're in London and you can't use the underground. Everything's more expensive. And there's just a heightened security risk in London. You feel the tension walk in the streets. It's not a nice place for me. So I just wanted to make sure that I would never be asked to go down there You know, I work in the Northwest, so why would I ever need to go to London? Well, it could have been due to specialisms. So there was only three people in the company with my specialism, and I was one of them. And just in case one of them wasn't available, you just never know what's going to go on. So I just wanted it concrete that I don't go to London. It's not my patch. It's not my area. um, And I just get to avoid that so I can put that fear to bed. Because even though someone verbally might say, Oh, don't worry, Paul, you'll never need to go to London, that lets me sit down, but it lets me sit down on a hard wooden bench. Whereas I would rather sink into a big soft bean (laughs) bag. And that's what the written version of it does. You know, I'm still tense when I'm, you know, just because it's somebody's word, because I've been let down every single time somebody has given me their word. oh yeah, we'll make sure this happens for you. And it never has. Yep, don't worry, I'll get you that. They've never got it, me. You know, oh, don't worry, you'll never need to do that. And then it's, oh yeah, I might have said that, but this is very different. I can't rely on people's word because people go back on it to suit them. I needed black and white evidence, so they couldn't. And if they wanted to, it would mean a meeting with HR as well. So everything would always be recorded and that's what makes me comfortable. But they, they, they didn't do that. I just had the verbal version of it. I didn't want to stay in bed and breakfast, guest houses, student accommodation. You know, I didn't want to stay anywhere that wasn't a hotel. You know, like the Premier Inn is cheap and cheerful. That's fine. But what I found when I've stayed in guest houses, pubs, um, you know, the bed and breakfast sort of establishments is they are too personal. And again, I've had bad experiences with personable. I find them less clean than a hotel. Um, You know, I stayed in this one place where it had handprints on the windows. It had uh, hair from not their head still in the bed. It was disgusting. And then I went in the bathroom, floor was missing. And I had to walk across these beams to go and use the bathroom right above the kitchen for the communal space. So I had to wait until the kitchen was shut just to go to the toilet. You know, so... You just never know what you're going to get. So I need to stay in a nameless, faceless hotel that's very well known because there's a standard to it. And, you know, I've also stayed in bed and breakfast where they're just too personal. You know, I remember staying in this one place where this, the person who owned it, I was really, they'd seen me go in my room, seen me not leave. And it's weird because sometimes they're in the living room watching the telly and it feels like you've got to pop your head in and go, I'm just going out. You know, it's like you're talking to your mum or something when you're 14. So, you know, I never I never like that. But this guy just I've heard a knock at my door at about eight o'clock in the evening and, you know, open the door. What's up? And the guy's like, oh, just checking on you. It's been very quiet. Like, what do you want me to do? Have a party? You know, and I just thought that was really weird and it put me on edge. Um And a lot of places like that, they want you to give you a breakfast, uh, write your breakfast down and give it back to them the night before. So they know what they need out and available for the next day because they're just a small establishment. I understand that, but I'm the sort of person who doesn't know if he even wants anything to eat when he, until he wakes up. So it's really hard for me to gauge what I want the night before. And this one place, this guy brought me my breakfast, placed it in front of me. I said, thank you very much. He said, not a problem. And then he pulled the chair out opposite me, sat down, and decided to have a full on conversation with me. So, what is it you do for a living? Like, I uh, chop the heads off of people who ask me what I do for a living while I'm trying to eat breakfast. Yeah, it was like, it was, I understand people like to be personable, but I am not a personable person. And that is horrible for me. And because, where I worked and a lot of and probably the place I'll go to work they use a certain website which have um which only has certain establishments on it and I work in some remote places so I don't always have the freedom of these named hotels, but I needed it written down that I don't stay in these sorts of places because of the issues it can cause with anxiety Now that is not a work related issue because it's where I sleep. Doesn't, it, it can have a, an ability to affect my work if I was expected to stay in them, but it doesn't affect anybody else. But I didn't get it. You know, I didn't want to do the forced fun. I didn't want to attend anything to do with work that wasn't work related. I'm very happy to join a team away day if we're doing work because that, funnily enough, is what I'm there to do. I'm there to work. I don't need to be in any situation whatsoever that's fake and created and expected to have any positive impact on me whatsoever. Putting me in a room with everyone who I work with and they're like, right, for the next six hours, you're going to pretend to be best friends and this is going to form a bond. No, I don't hate you. I don't like you. I don't need to hate you and I don't need to like you. What I need is to know that if I pick a phone up, you will answer it and we will have a neutral discussion on whatever that topic is, if you need help, I will help you to the nth degree because that's what I should do and vice versa. And if during that time we happen to talk personal, fine. But what you can't do is force it and I feel it, I feel it so strongly it's like someone's got the hand on the back of my head trying to force it into a cake. you know it, I, I feel everything is I feel being pushed. I don't want to compete against somebody else because that's meant to, you know, uh, increase the team building with the people you're put together with. And no, because I don't want to be in a situation where it's about winning and losing when that isn't the type of job I do. I'm not a football player. I don't need to know what it feels like to win or lose. I need to know what it feels like to complete. So I hate that sort of stuff. And I just wanted it down that I. Avoid forced fun. I didn't get it. I wanted it down that I avoid icebreakers and team quizzes, things that break up a team meeting. I'm not bothered. I'll be there for the team meeting. I don't need to do anything else. If you've got something to tell me, tell me. That's what I'm at the meeting for. But I'm not going to tell you how many stars are on the American flag. It's got nothing to do with my job. So I don't know why I have to compete against the people I work with because it's it's just a bit of fun. For who? Not this guy creates anxiety. So all my reasonable adjustments were that reasonable. They were not work related. But they were things I couldn't avoid because I had to do my work. And I just wanted it written down. I wanted it noted. And that's why I went to that reasonable uh, that, uh, that, um, reasonable adjustment uh, autism needs thing. And I could have given the guy I spoke to, all the things that are a problem, all the ways to rectify them and how they have zero impact on absolutely everybody else in the world, but I benefit. So why not? It's just a win-win for everyone. It keeps me happy and content, reduces my stress and anxiety. No one knows any different and and it affects nothing. I could have given him that and he could have just simply signed the bottom of it and put his logo on the top and it would have been fine. But he didn't. Instead, he put together his own form and they absolutely missed all the key points and pointed out a load of things that weren't necessary. And I think the thing that bothers me the most is I am not a stupid person. I'm daft as a brush. I still laugh when people fart. I'll always do that. I I find it funnier now than I did when I was a kid. You know, there are things that are childish, which I will always find funny. I am daft. I like being silly, but I am not stupid. But you're made to feel stupid because I went to an autism needs assessment with somebody who does not know me with a company I've never heard of to talk about me. And the only reason you need to go to these places is because you don't have the capacity to think for yourself or find your own answers. I do, but I had to go and speak to somebody else. I then spoke with my boss and HR about twice to try and find a way to make my reasonable adjustments fit. Because one of the big things I wanted was my job description outlining. I wanted to go through it line by line with my manager to explain what my job was fully. So we're both on the same page. So I could explain differences and difficulties along the way. That didn't happen. But why was I there with my boss and HR? So every time it involved me, the things that bothered me, the things where I need the reasonable adjustment and the person to give them to me is my boss. Why have I got to talk through someone else? That makes me feel that they think I'm stupid because I clearly don't have the capacity to explain how I feel or why they would bother me or ways around it. Wrong. I know better than anyone how I feel and how it affects me. I know better than anyone how to judge how I would respond if I don't get the reasonable adjustments. But I wasn't given the spotlight for me. And that is something that's driving me crazy. In autism, everything comes from people who are not autistic. (laughs) When it comes to advice and how best to deal with things. And, you know, you, you type in autism books in Amazon, and most of the bestsellers aren't even from autistic people, it's people with PhD. But you don't have autism unless you have autism and a PhD, in which case, fine. But stop putting so much emphasis on education. Put emphasis on pragmatism. You know, So I, I, I felt very pushed out of my own reasonable adjustments. And ultimately, because of it, I didn't get them. And... That's why I felt myself going down that same path of going to go off ill again. But if I'd have gone off ill again, this is where it gets stupid. If I'd have gone off ill again, because I went back to work on the 10th of January, I resigned on the 1st of April. That's every second of every minute of every hour of every day in a working week for my boss to go, right, let's just sit down and I'll type in an email exactly what you say you need and why you need it. I'll return it to you with my signature on it because there's nothing wrong with what you've said. I tell you that every time we talk about them. I'd have gone, all right, but I didn't get it, you know? So I was still in employment. I still didn't have my reasonable adjustments. So it's reasonable to expect that the same things that bothered me and upset me and caused me stress and anxiety would do it again. But because I I felt like I was needing to go off again, because I would have gone off within a six month period of just coming back, I'd have got disciplined for that. Like, what? How can I get disciplined when you've not delivered? When I've you know, I was off, it's utterly ridiculous. So, I had the choice of going off and getting disciplined or resigning. So, I resigned, and everyone tried to keep me except my boss, he just accepted the resignation. But, everybody else I spoke to HR management, um, someone in diversity, um, you know, people in my team they're all like, don't go, I have to. I have to for my sake, you know, I can offer a lot to the right company, but they need to give me the bare minimum back. They have to oil their robot. You know, and that's, so that, that, that's all done now. I am now no longer tied to that company whatsoever. So the interview that I had, the reason it was different is because I was, con- well, I put on LinkedIn that I was open to work. And a line manager who I used to work for gave me a phone call and was like, "Why are you? Why are you looking for work?" And I was like, "Oh, it's because I've left the last place. Why? Why? Why did you leave?" And I said, "Because I didn't get reasonable adjustments." And he knew he knows of my autism, and he just doesn't care, you know, because he knows if I need to. Well, when I worked for him, he knew that if I ever needed to speak to him, I would just speak to him because he took the time to train me teach me talk to me be personable and he made it easy for me to talk to him because he became a human and not a corporate robot and he used to crack wise and take the you know make fun out of it but i knew it was fun and it you know he would take he would make fun out of himself and it was just a nicer it was a good boss but he wasn't happy that i was a free agent And he said that there was jobs where he works, but he's got nothing to do with, you know, um, interviews or anything like that. And because of the size of the company, they've got like thirteen thousand employees. It's like there's no way you can just open a door and say bring this guy in through the back. Um, But what he did do was say there is a job going. I would strongly recommend you apply for it, which I did. Um, So you know, and I applied for it. I was offered an interview, and in the interview. I was basically given about seven questions and they were all based around this company's ethics, ethos, morals, um, you know, integrity, respect, diversity, equality, things like that. So when it came to equality, it was like, can you tell us a time where you've had to be considerate of um, you know, um, other people's differences? And I answered that question so honestly. It could have gone one of two ways. You know, because I basically said, who you are, what you believe in, what you do, what you believe is a difference, is irrelevant to me. All I care about is that you're a good person, is that you don't do things detrimentally to others, and you wouldn't want done, or you don't do to others what you wouldn't want done to yourself. I said, the things that people find a difference, nine times out of ten, I do not care about those things. I don't see the difference. I'm not interested. I know we're all just a bunch of bones and meat. You know, I know how fragile we are. I'm not, I don't pretend that, you know, I'm just not interested, you know, because I, they, they are things I don't care about. And um, then I went on to tell them about me being autistic and why I left the last place and how I won't work somewhere ever again. This is why I'm making it absolutely clear to you right now in the interview process, my autism matters. How you treat my autism makes all the difference to me. And all I need is minimum consideration because that is more than I've been given. But you give me minimum consideration and you'll get maximum return. Because if I get my bare minimum, you get me. And I'm not the worst worker in the world. And um, you know, and I basically went through every question. There were seven questions and I had an autism answer for every single one of them. So they know I'm artistic, but they still gave me the job anyway. You know, they're an autism, um, they're a disability confident employer, um, which is something you can Google if you want. But, you know, it ultimately means that there are tiers to it and you have to prove what you do to earn higher tiers in, um, in this. They've got thinking groups within the company. And I said in the interview, look, if there's autism thinking groups of how things can improve and how it changes policy, within the first week I am joining because I'm sick of being the last thought. You know, there needs to be, you know, th- th- you just don't understand how well people like me work if I'm just given an ounce of, you know, you, like I say, just give me something and I will back you to the hilt. But it was nice because they were appreciative that I was so open about everything of why I left, because you know they were talking about you know oh you you didn't last two years in where you worked. Can you explain why? And I said yeah because the UK places so much emphasis on a CV and you must last two years. You know, but like this, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's an interview. An interview is a personality test. has nothing to do with how well you can do a job. You know, a CV is not a measure of the person. A CV is did that robot stay in his in his place? You know, oh, he left after he left before two years Oh, that shows the robots a job hopper not having that, but no, I'm autistic. Why didn't I last two years? Because I wasn't treated with respect and I wasn't given the minimum consideration. You know, so that is why I didn't last two years at the last place. And the time before that, the man was an absolute clown and he will kill someone. And I wasn't willing to stick around for him to try and pass the blame of his inept skill. Um, onto anyone else. You know, that is just the truth. You know, and people can be offended by the truth or bothered by it, but they were like, that's refreshing, that's really refreshing. We appreciate your openness and how you find these, you know, the, the way the world can be tricky for people like you or like your answers. It was, so I just got to be super honest and I got comfortable quite quick. And I was, it was kind of like I was standing on my soapbox going, look, I'm autistic, and I'm proud of that. I'm not hiding it. I'm not hiding behind it, you know, because you need adversity in life to establish your boundaries. I will say that until the day I die. You can't just avoid everything. You've got to challenge yourself, but you also have to look after yourself. And, you know, I will only now go and work somewhere if I stand on my soapbox and I shout loud and proud that I have autism. So, and all I need is that minimum consideration listen to why I can't do things. And I will tell you 100% of the reason for as long as you want to hear it. I'm not just saying it because it would make it a bit easier for me. I'm saying it because it has a huge detrimental impact. So, you know, when I came out of that interview, like the interview at the end, uh, the main manager, he he was basically saying, look, I really appreciate your openness. I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you and it's been very different and I've, I've liked that. Um, you know, this is a scored... Um, interview process where the highest score you can get is four and you've answered all threes and fours so you've done really well i don't know what the other manager has uh scored but from my perspective you've done really well and that felt really nice because even if i wasn't successful they gave me nice feedback and uh, it would have helped you know and then i had the interview on then so i resigned well i went back to work at that place on the 10th of january resigned on the 1st of April. Last day was the 29th of April. I had an interview on the 9th of May. On the 12th of May, I was offered the job. Um, And on the 17th of May, I was actually sent the email of confirmation. And on the 30th, I'll start. So I'll be walking through the door of a brand new company, a huge company where I couldn't have been any louder over the fact that I'm autistic. And I am proud of that. I'm proud that the thing which I didn't know I had all my life of why everything was different. So then having it confirmed, you know, and told what I had to then all that figuring out the hiding behind it, the being bothered about it. You know, the fact that people should just see me and not see the disability. I did a complete flip on that. And I put autism first because you can affect me as much as you want. You can say things that will anger me that'll make me laugh. That can make me sad. That can make me happy. But the autism is me, but it's also separate to me. It isn't the entire reason I make every single decision and process, but it is the thing that affects me the most that the rest of me cannot control. And it's the thing that has been at the forefront of why I've gone off with stress in a workplace. It's been the thing that has felt the chaos, which has stopped me sleeping and stopped me making sense of things, brought my mood down. So I have to take care of the autism so the autism can take care of me. And the only way that's gonna happen is if I shout louder about my autism than I ever did before. And I did, and I was actually given the job. And the nice bit, I'll be working back under the line manager who I've worked under before, and he was the best manager I've ever had. So fingers crossed that this is it now. My friends, and hopefully this is the last ever butterfly effect. So we've got an outcome. But until next time, thank you very much for listening and watching. And uh, as always, keep smiling.